This is Global News Hour at 6. Michael Lee, 1,917. Diane Watts, 2,135. While BC Liberal Party President Sharon White announcing the first count uh, results of the leadership race in downtown Vancouver just minutes ago. The six-way race now a five-person fight. As you can see the results so far, Diane Watts. With 25% of the votes, uh, thank you very much for joining us tonight. It has been months of campaigning, and I'm going to throw it over to Keith, who I can see right there now, um, at the Sheraton Wall Centre with the results so far, Keith. Yes, Sonia, it's quite an electric, electric atmosphere here at the Wall Centre Ballroom. There's a pipe band playing. Uh, came on right as we came on the air, which makes it very hard to, to hear. I want to bring in Mike McDonald, who's been with us all day, former BC Liberal campaign director, to analyze re- these results, uh, Mike. And i got to say, uh, Michael Lee's uh, performance here and showing, I think, is probably taking the hall back of it. Yeah, Michael Lee separated himself from the pack. Uh, that might be a surprise to uh, some of the observers because he's a relative unknown, but he has uh, put himself in a position to be on the final ballot with Diane Watts here. But uh, the subsequent counts... Uh, Will continues in third place, does have an opportunity if, uh, if DeYoung and Stone's support goes to him in a, uh, in a strong way, it could be Wilkinson in the final ballot too. It looks like it's going to be very difficult for Mike DeYoung and Todd Stone to hang on for a couple more ballots. It looks like it's down to Watts, Lee, and Wilkinson. Yeah, it's most likely uh, DeYoung is going to be eliminated on the next count. Uh, it's a highly unlikely Stone will survive after the third count. So the question is, uh, Wilkinson or Lee, uh, who will be in second by the time they catch up to Diane Watts? Or will Diane Watts start slowing down too? Uh, so the next, the third count is really going to tell the story because uh, Sullivan's votes, are, there's not a lot of votes to uh, redistribute. After DeYoung drops off, the things are really going to move. Now, one, of, one of Watts' key uh, organizers told me moments before the vote was announced, we're going to do very well, well north of 25%. She finished just a hair under 25%. I got a I got to figure the watch cam is a little disappointed right now. Uh, you know, uh, that that's natural. Uh, I think if you added up all the predictions from the campaigns, it would add up to like 200%. So uh, she still is in a strong position, but it, it really depends how the second choices break or if people don't put in their second choices or their third choices. She may benefit from a sense of attrition because people didn't fill out their ballots. Now, Watts uh, can benefit from history. Almost always, uh, the, fir- the first place finisher on the first ballot and preferential ballots usually wins. So she does have that advantage. Uh, yes, but there's lots of examples. Andrew Shear, for instance, who recently won uh, not being on the... Maxime Bernier led every ballot except the last in the conservative leadership. So, uh, you know, this is basically comes down to the math now. And uh, like I say, that third count, we're going to probably see the final story there pretty close. Okay, well, thanks very much, Mike. Yeah. We're going to be back in about at 6.15 with the next count, Sonia. It's going to be very interesting. This room is positively electric. A lot of people didn't expect those results as they came out uh, just a few moments ago.
All right, Keith, thanks very much for that. We'll come back to you a bit later on throughout the hour. Of course, uh, we are going to know the results of the BC leadership race this hour, so stay with us here on Global News. Now, if you want to know exactly how the voting works, there is an explanation on our website, so do head down to globalnews.ca slash BC. As I said, we'll go back to Keith in the next few minutes for the latest results throughout this hour, but now turning to the drama that unfolded in East Vancouver this afternoon. Two separate bank robberies and then a crash involving police cruisers. Our Nadia Stewart joins us from East First and Clark Drive with the details. Nadia, what happened here? Well, it all started at around 1 o'clock this afternoon. A bank at Commercial and First, an RBC bank, was robbed. And then 30 minutes later, a second bank, a Scotia Bank, was hit. This time at Commercial and Broadway. The suspects took off in a stolen Porsche Cayenne, but they did not get very far. There was a collision involving the Cayenne and other vehicles at the intersection of First and Clark, which is where police managed to corner the suspect's vehicle and the two suspects, a man and a woman who were inside the Cayenne. In total, four vehicles with innocent civilians were involved in the crash. Four people from one vehicle were taken to hospital with what is believed to be minor injuries at this time. Now, police continue to investigate and reconstruction specialists are still trying to figure out exactly what happened. More updates as they become available. Back to you. All right, Nadia, thank you very much uh, for all of that tonight. A North Vancouver neighborhood is under alert after a police warning about a complete stranger getting into an elderly woman's home and then attacking her. Kristen Robinson has the full story. Residents of this 16-story senior's high-rise are shaken after an attack on one of their own inside the building. I know that a couple of them are really scared to be at home at night by themselves. A lot of the uh, older women especially are feeling pretty, uh, pretty nervous about it, yeah. I'm scared. I'm by myself. Police say an 89-year-old woman was home alone on Thursday, February 1st, when a stranger dressed as a construction worker came to her door. He asked to use the washroom, and once inside, RCMP say he exposed himself before attacking the victim. A brief struggle ensued, and the suspect, seen here in a composite sketch, fled. It's pretty sad. I can't believe it at that age to, to do, do something like that. I have no window. I have just two slide door. So I have to take care of myself if anybody wanted to enter. You just uh, obviously pause for thought that somebody can, uh, you know, uh, get, get in. How the suspect gained entry remains a mystery. The Lynn Valley building is undergoing renovations and workers had been on site up until the incident. The front door remains swipe entry only. Global News reached out to building management and residents say security will be stepped up. We will be having security on site and all the workers will have their name tags and photographs so it's easier to know who is who. The elderly victim is back home, fortunately not seriously hurt. Police have received several tips about the possible suspect, but so far no arrests. Kristen Robinson, Global News. An especially dangerous weekend on BC roads in the Kootenay this morning. Two people were killed after a crash east of Yak. Police say the driver of a tractor trailer lost control on the icy roads between highways 3 and 95 east of Yak at about 9 o'clock. The trailer 
collided head-on with a pickup truck towing a horse trailer. The drivers of both vehicles died at the scene. A passenger in the pickup was airlifted to hospital in a critical condition. Two horses were also killed. The contributing factor was icy roads. Um, there was The ice on this road was quite bad at the time. Uh, the tractor trailer went into the oncoming lane, jackknifed, and struck the other vehicle, traveling opposite direction. Slow down. Icy roads. Common sense. And in Squamish, a pedestrian has been killed early this morning after he was hit by a northbound semi-truck on Highway 99 north of Cleveland Avenue. Police say a 20-year-old man from Squamish died. His name hasn't been released. The route was closed for about seven and a half hours while police investigated the cause of this crash. Now, last night, we heard from the family of a young man who was killed after being caught up in gang violence. Tonight, people in Chilliwack, living near an alleged drug house where Cody Isaacson was shot, say that they are still living in fear. Jill Bennett with this NewsHour follow-up. On this residential Chilliwack street, one house is a big concern. There's a no-occupancy order in the window, posted after a police raid in mid-January. The bullet holes are from a fatal shooting last Wednesday. It's just a disruption to our daily lives. And just to not be able to feel safe in your own home because you don't know what's going on in that house. But if that was in the afternoon when everybody was going about their day, somebody could have been hurt. Somebody could have been killed. Local residents who asked they not be identified are afraid. The victim of Wednesday morning's shooting was 28-year-old Cody Isaacson, caught in an ongoing gang war. Even his mother wonders why he wasn't in jail instead of at home. They're caught with weapons and they're just detained. Honestly, my son should have been in jail. Rather than this, I would have much rather that. Even at the end of all of this, our city has now said that they can't be there and they're still there. And that's where I think that the city needs to step up and get them out. In an email, the city explains no occupancy orders are effective immediately. Sometimes tenants may refuse to move even when evicted. And then it becomes a residential tenancy board issue. That likely comes as little comfort to residents who say the area has changed dramatically and not in a good way. Chilliwack in and of itself, it's not a secret that we are dealing with a whole different city than we were even a couple of years ago with our homeless problem and our crime problem and this sort of thing. But I think we need to look at, you know, maybe there being a faster process so that somebody else doesn't have to die. Residents say this became what they call a drug house in early December. They'd like the tenants and those who come and go constantly to take the hint and move out. Jill Bennett, Global News. A woman has been arrested after she was spotted vandalizing a memorial for Calwin de Tind. He was the nightclub promoter who was killed trying to break up a fight on the Granville Strip last weekend. A cyclist spotted the woman tearing down the flowers and signs that were placed outside the Cabana Club where Tind was stabbed a week ago. The cyclist confronted the woman who then took off. Officers later caught up with her. She was taken into custody. No word yet on any charges. A warning from Victoria Police tonight about fake American bills that are being circulated. Police are recommending charges against a Vancouver man who was found with more than $1,000 in counterfeit U.S. currency. Instead of the words the United States of America, the bills have World Universal Bank Limited printed on them instead. Now, if you have been passed any of these bills, have a check. You are being asked to call Victoria Police. A family from Edmonton drove dozens of hours through snow and even chartered a plane just to save the life of their beloved pet cat. The five-year-old Tabby's kidneys began to fail two weeks ago. Vets told them that Tigger wasn't going to make it. 
But they didn't give up hope finding specialists in Vancouver. They discovered Tigger's blood was full of toxins and there wasn't enough blood locally. So the dedicated family chartered a plane to bring more cat plasma from Calgary. After two weeks in the ICU, Tigger, we are happy to report, is now back on his feet. Important to know for people who um, have patients like that, that that there are options and some of them can have a good prognosis. Looks like he's going to make a full recovery. We're going to take him home tomorrow, so we're pretty ecstatic about that. Great news for them. Much more ahead on the news hour tonight, including a tribute to an Okanagan environmentalist. Plus, we are live at the count where BC Liberals are set to announce their new leader. Stay with us for the latest results this hour. Welcome back. Well, he was an outdoor enthusiast, an environmentalist and the founder of World Paddle for the Planet. Bob Purdy lost his battle with cancer this week. Today, paddlers from all over B.C. were back on the water in his memory. Jules Knox of Global Okanagan with this report. He's a legend of the lake. Bob Purdy, the paddleboarder, died on Monday after a battle with cancer. Today, a tribute on the water in his memory. He was an amazing man. He was so inspirational and just everybody loves him. It's just every time we hit the water now, that'll be our thoughts. The 64-year-old man loved the earth. He paddled 2,100 days in a row to raise environmental awareness. He also starred in the award-winning documentary, The Paddler. I think he was like a David Suzuki on a paddleboard. You know, um, that was his passion. But above all else, Purdy is remembered as a gentle, loving soul, full of colour. You know, we're sporting the pink tutus today, so that was kind of Bob's trademark. He would show up at races and have his pink tutu on, and he was just, just that kind of guy. This is Bob. He did all this all the time. I'm not wearing a tutu, um, but he just kind of showed up with all this stuff all the time, and he brightened everything up. For Purdy, a waterman send-off. Planned paddles in Victoria, Tofino, Deep Cove and Kelowna to carry on his legacy of bringing people together to change the way we live. He shared love. You know, when you met Bob, it, you just became a friend and it was lifelong. He's my older brother, so it's hard to say goodbye. But it's a goodbye on the water, just as Bob would want. Jules Knox, Global News, Kelowna. A child is in critical condition after a minivan collided with a bus in southern Ontario today. yesterday. The 10-year-old was a passenger in the minivan when it collided head-on with a bus. Seven others were also hurt, five of them children between the ages of 4 and 15. The crash happened in the town of Clearview. That's about 90 minutes northwest of Toronto. Police say that the van, which had license plates from Texas, crossed the centre line of the highway. The bus was carrying students home to Hamilton after a school ski trip. Former Prime Minister Stephen Harper is defending his decision to allow Rick Dystra to run for office in 2015, despite the fact that he did know about sexual assault allegations against him. Harper posted a statement to Twitter saying that he was aware of the allegations against the former Conservative MP, but understood that the matter had been sufficiently investigated. Dystra resigned as president of Ontario's Conservative Party last week. That was hours before news of the 2014 incident broke. 
A man is in custody after wounding six African migrants in a series of drive-by shootings in central Italy this morning. The gunman is being identified as a 28-year-old Italian with ties to anti-immigrant groups. He was arrested while draped in an Italian flag. Maserata was the scene of a gruesome murder of an Italian teenager last week. The main suspect in that killing is a Nigerian immigrant. The city's mayor said it's likely this morning's attack was a racially motivated response. Millions in the city of Minneapolis are getting excited for tomorrow's Super Bowl, of course. But for public safety officials, there is a massive security operation that's well underway. Fighter wings are ready for the call to action in case of, rogue, in case of a rogue plane entering the space above the stadium. The operation also includes a network of cameras installed along the streets that would allow police to zoom in on any possible threat in real time. It is a $5 million operation, believed to be the largest amount of federal law enforcement ever brought in to protect a Super Bowl. So lots of stuff going on. I guess that's why the average ticket is, I think, or the lowest price ticket is about 3,000 U.S., the lowest. Wow. So and that's a 70,000, 80,000 seat stadium. Yeah, that is huge. It really, yeah. I think it's just easier for us to stay at a party. That's right. Watch on a big screen. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We'll get to sport, other sports stuff in a minute. But Yvonne, the weather outside. Yeah, you have a good excuse to stay inside tomorrow Mm. and watch the game because we are tracking some rainfall. We managed to squeeze out a few breaks this afternoon, but it is on and off in terms of the rain that we'll see this evening and overnight. The latest satellite and radar is showing us that wave of moisture. We do actually have a significant amount of snow though for Sunday if you're into uh, the interior sections and a couple of the mountain passes so we've got a few snowfall warnings that are in effect I'll show you which areas and we'll talk about how long and how much rain we're expecting for our Super Bowl Sunday all right yeah and uh, is that dominating everything today Uh, well yeah we'll talk a bit about that some neat story from Chanel on all the prop bets that's part of the Super Bowl is you know it's not just football as we know it's a lot of snacks and other things (laughs) as well Uh, but also Canucks are uh, playing Tampa tonight Canucks trying to run their win streak to three. Tampa, though, just happens to be the uh, best team in the NHL. So we'll see how good the Canucks are all right. coming up. Yeah. All right. Stay with us for all of that. Plus, the warning to parents about fidget spinners, of course, so popular. Plus, we'll get the latest results from the BC Liberal leadership vote. The counter is going on right now. We will know the name of the new leader this hour. Stay with us for the latest. Welcome back. We are live this hour at the Count for BC Liberal Leader. We joined our Keith Baldry at the Sheraton Wall Centre a few minutes ago. Let's cross back to him now. Uh, Keith, the last time we spoke to you, Sam Sullivan was out and, uh, and we're on to the second round of counting now. Yeah, we're waiting for the second uh, round results to come in, Sonia. We haven't got them yet. They're a little behind schedule. You can see the first count behind me. Uh, Diane Watts has a very narrow lead over a surprisingly strong showing by a relatively unknown rookie MLA, Mike Lee. That's got this place uh, buzzing, I'll tell you, that Lee is so strong compared to the other candidates. I think people are also taken aback by the relatively poor showing of Todd Stone, perhaps hurt by that membership controversy, and by Mike DeYoung, veteran finance minister, who's probably going to drop on the next count. It looks like it's now a three-person race between Diane Watts, Mike Lee, with an outside shot to Andrew Wilkinson. We hope to have the results live for you when we get them here at the Convention Centre. Back to you. All right, Keith, thanks very much for that. As soon as you get those, we will come back to you. Thank you.
Um, let's get back to other news. Actress Uma Thurman is breaking her silence surrounding the Harvey Weinstein scandal. In an interview with the New York Times titled, This is Why Uma Thurman is So Angry, she describes a, an alleged attack by her former producer, an encounter that she previously said that she was too angry to speak about. Weinstein has denied all allegations of non-consensual sexual contact. Doctors are increasingly concerned about the risk of injury from the popular fidget spinners. You might have bought one for your children. A new report from Boston's Children's Hospital says at least two children in the U.S. were hurt after swallowing the toy's lithium batteries. The batteries in the ones that light up are especially dangerous, can cause burning in the throat if swallowed. And forget ocean waves and white noise. It turns out that it's bacon that might actually help you fall asleep. According to the Daily Mail, a video of sizzling bacon in a pan posted to a YouTube channel dedicated to helping people fall asleep has gone viral. Experts think it might be working because of that consistent popping and rushing sound they get to hear when it's in the pan. All right. Up next, Yvonne Schall has your weekend forecast. Plus, we are live at the count at the Sheraton Wall Centre where the BC Liberals will find out who their next leader is. Hopefully expecting results of that this hour. Second count results uh, expected in any minute. Stay with us. Welcome back. Uh, let's talk about Calgary for a moment. A snowstorm has brought travel to a halt there and sent more than 19 people to hospital. During a 12-hour period, 128 crashes were reported to police along Deerfoot Trail. This is a major artery that connects the north and south sections of the city. It's estimated that 30 centimetres of snow fell over Calgary and surrounding areas overnight. Temperatures there at minus 23 degrees Celsius. Officials are saying any unnecessary travel should be avoided until the conditions there improve. Let's get you a full weather picture right now with Yvonne Schall and uh, obviously no snow immediately around here, uh, here for us. For Metro Vancouver, yeah. with the temperatures, it looks like it's quite balmy in comparison to what they're seeing just beside us in Alberta. But we do have a significant amount of snow with a few snowfall warnings that are in effect, and I'll show you where across the province and how much we can anticipate as well. Here's the wave of moisture that is working its way in. We'll continue to see this overnight. The heavier rain will be for the morning hours on our Sunday, and it should taper off by the afternoon. We'll hopefully see some breaks similar to what we're seeing this afternoon as well. Here's a look at our current tower cam shot out of the the airport with rain and temperatures at 9, a southeasterly wind at 6 kilometers per hour on the Almanac. 9 was the high today. We're a few degrees above the average or a couple where the average for this time of the year sits at 7. A very happy birthday this evening to, to Doreen Ferguson from Tawasson turning 103. So happy birthday to you, Doreen, and hope you've had a wonderful day. Back to the forecast, and here's we are looking a few other numbers across the province. Temperatures sitting at the freezing mark for Kamloops. It is chilly still for for the northeastern corners with the wind chill overnight into the minus 30s. Right now, your current temperature for the piece at minus 25. Coastal sections for Prince Rupert at 2 and areas near Victoria with your current temperature at 9. Satellite and radar, here's the next frontal system that we're keeping a close eye on. As it pushes in overnight, especially for the morning hours on our Sunday, we are looking at the snowfall for the following areas in white. Bulkley Valley and the lakes included within that central interior and even the northern sections of the Thompson region, 15 and up to 20 centimeters. Coastal sections inland, anywhere between 10 and up to 15 centimeters and if you're traveling along highway 16 a snowfall warning is also in effect and this is from smithers to terrace looking at 15 and up to 20 centimeters and this will be throughout the day on your sunday 
future cast into place, so it's really inland sections that we are seeing that push of snow right across the central interior. Southern interior and pushing into the southeastern corners will be later in the day for tomorrow. And coastal sections, it'll be rain and heavy at times for Sunday morning and then a chance of showers for the afternoon. The peace dry conditions over the next three days with the wind chill feeling closer to minus 34. White Horse or minus 27 with plenty of sunshine overnight tonight though, dipping down to minus 38. Coastal sections will stay as rain. It's inland that we're looking at anywhere between 10 and up to 15 centimeters. The rainfall amounts across the coast will be up to 15 millimeters. Caribou and central interior snowfall warning up to 20 centimeters through the day on Sunday. It'll likely taper off towards the evening hours. Some sunny breaks on Monday and then another round of snow pushing in by the evening and continuing for Tuesday. Columbia and Kootenai Region 2 and up to 4 centimeters of snowfall. Uh, we are seeing snow for the valley bottoms into the Thompson Okanagan 2 and 4 centimeters. It looks like it'll change over to a chance of showers once again on Monday. Whistler could see some snow for the morning and then changing over with a rain mix of snow. Temperatures sitting at 2 degrees and across the island. The mulch of the moisture or rain will be for the morning hours and then looks like it's just a chance of showers for the afternoon. We will look at anywhere between 10 and 15 millimeters for Sunday morning. A chance of showers for the afternoon. Still unsettled into next week. Quite grey and we're still looking at some on and off rain. Sonia? Yvonne, thanks very much for that. All right, Lady Gaga is cancelling the final dates of her European tour. It's all down to severe pain. In a statement released on Twitter and Facebook, Gaga apologised to fans, saying that she is devastated. The pop stars also cancelled 10 dates of her Joanne World tour to suit her health concerns. All right, still ahead tonight, the Canucks will try to make it three wins in a row. Barry has got a preview of that, plus the rest of your day's sports. And don't forget, we are live at the Sheraton Wall Centre for the results of who is going to be BC Liberals' next new leader. Stay with us for that too. All right, welcome back. Let us uh, head back to the Sheraton Wall Centre right now. We're counting is going on for the BC Liberals. The next leader, our Keith Baldry, is there for us live. And uh, Keith, what's the latest you can tell us uh, about what's going on there right now, Keith? I think we're just about to get the results of the, of the second count, Sonia. Uh, the room is quite buzzing. And here we go. This is Sharon White, the, uh, the president of the BC Liberal Party. I have the results of the second count. The province-wide point totals are as follows. Mike DeYoung, 1,436. Todd Stone, 1,505. Andrew Wilkinson, 1,631. Michael Lee, 1,000. 960. Diane Watts, 2,169. As no contestant has achieved a majority of this province wide counts. So there you have it, the second results. Not a lot of change because, of course, Sam Sullivan only had a, a very small total to redistribute in terms of second, uh, second choice of results. So Mike DeYoung is uh, out now. It's, again, it appears to be a three-person race between Watts, who didn't really grow, 
and Mike Lee and Andrew Wilkinson. Still has a, a shot at this, uh, but Todd Stone's going to have to pull off a miracle to remain on the ballot. And we hope to have more results in the next 10 or 15 minutes. Sonia? All right, we will head back to you then. Keith, thanks very much for that. So uh, Sam Sullivan and uh, Mike Young are out of the race. Um, I don't know what's more stressful, what's going on there, or Super Bowl tomorrow, which oh, the uh, Super people Bowl. are going to be no, I don't know. Depends passionate who about. Depends who you yeah. talk to, either the players or the, the fans certainly won't be stressed. I know that. No. They'll be happy. Just us watching. Lubed up, yeah. Mm. All right, thanks, uh, Sonia. Let's start with hockey. Uh, the Canucks will try to make it three straight home wins for the first time this season tonight. They'll have to beat the NHL's number one team to do it. Tampa Bay comes in with 73 points, 25 more than the Canucks. To say it'll be a tough test for Travis Green's young team is an understatement, but the Canucks have played well of late. NHL action tonight. Canada's best team, certainly points-wise, the Winnipeg Jets hosting Colorado. And they can sure score. How about Patrick Lyonet? Oh, the young Finn hammering that one home. 2-0 Jets right now in the third. Earlier, Ducks and Canadians from Montreal. Habs always play a couple of home matinees on Super Bowl weekend. And Joe Morrow loads up the uh, one-timer here. Blasts it past the former Canuck Ryan Miller. 2-0 Canadians in the first. And then two minutes later, David Schlemko from the slot fires it in his first as a hab. And that is it for Miller. Short day at the office for the former Canuck. He gets pulled just 10 minutes in after giving up three goals on four shots. Jeff Petrie finds net here as the Habs beat the Ducks 5-2. to two. Leafs and Bruins, this is a very likely first-round playoff matchup. Boston, 15-1-4 in their last 20. How about that? 8.50 win percent, and Patrice Bergeron's been a big reason for that. Great wrister there to make it 1-0. Brad Marchand suspended, so he's not on that top line tonight. David Pasternak will sneak one short side on Freddie Anderson. 3-1 Boston is the latest score late in the third. All right, World Cup Rugby Qualifier, Canada at Uruguay. Canada needs to win by 10 on the road to book their ticket to Japan 2019. Decent start, DTH Vandermerva takes it in for the first of two Canadian tries in the first half. Canada led 18-10 at the break. 64th minute still leading, but a huge mistake. The pass goes right through Canadian hands, and it's Andres Villaseca who takes advantage, takes it in for the go-ahead try. Now, 10 minutes later, Canada up one. Of course, they have to win by 10. Don't forget, valiant effort to keep it inbounds, but another turnover, and Villaseca takes it in. Uruguay wins 32-31, so they qualify for Japan. Canada has one last chance. They have to win the repechage tournament in France in November to get to the World Cup. Davis Cup doubles from Croatia. Bashak Pospisil, Daniel Nestor taking on Marin Cilic, who was the Australian Open finalist last week, and Ivan Dodig. The Canadians played lights out in the first two sets. Daniel Nestor, who's 45 with a huge return. They won the first two sets easily, 6-2, 6-3. And then Pospisil with the pounce at the net. Canada was up 4-1 in the third, two games away from the match. But then Croatia got a break and then another one. And when Pospisil kind of whipped on that overhead there and then into the net, Croatia took the third set. They took the fourth, and then you could not stop the Croatia train. They rolled from their match point. Another good exchange at net, but it's Croatia with a crucial Saturday doubles win. So Canada has to win both singles matches tomorrow to advance to the Davis Cup quarters. 
playoff Saturday from the Scotties in Penticton. 3-4 matchup had Northern Ontario taking on Nova Scotia. Winner goes to the semis. The loser is out. And Marianne Arsenault, the skip for Nova Scotia with a big three in the sixth. 6-2 the final. Nova Scotia wins. So they're off to the semis. The 1-2 page playoff between Manitoba and the wild card team from Winnipeg goes later tonight. Still to come, we've got all you need to know to place the right bet for the Super Bowl. And Ricky Fowler finishes strong in the third round of the Waste Management Open in Phoenix. We'll have highlights of that when we come back. The Super Bowl is the pinnacle when it comes to sports betting. In the U.S., close to $5 billion is expected to be wagered. Only 3% of that will be legal. But aside from picking the winner, you can essentially bet on anything, including some things that are weird, wacky, and downright crazy. Oh, say. The national anthem always kicks off festivities at the Super Bowl and the length of it always taking some heavy action. Over the last 12 years, the average time to complete the Star Spangled Banner is a minute and 58 seconds. What about all the times you said you had the answer? Pink takes center stage with the over-under set at exactly two minutes, but her latest album, the average song is almost four minutes, so we're taking the over on this one. Will last year's smash hit be the first song performed by JT during his 13-minute halftime show? Can't Stop the Feeling is currently listed at about 3 to 1, but the favorite is his new single, Filthy, which likely helps with download sales. If you think there will be a wardrobe malfunction, which means an intimate body part is exposed, that's listed at 15 to 1. And if you think Janet Jackson shows up on stage, you can get 200 to 1 odds on that. We all know the president can be erratic at the best of times on Twitter, but how many times will he actually tweet during the game? A quick history lesson with Trump on Super Bowl Sunday. Two years ago, he tweeted 25 times, last year 11 times. Now the over-under is currently set at 5.5, Trump usually has something to say, so expect him to be grabbing his phone often, expressing his thoughts, so we're going with the over. This program is brought to you by Mr. Lube, Canada's number one quick lube, now offering same-day tire services, no appointment needed. All right, third round of the Waste Management Open from Phoenix. A record 216,000 fans today alone. That's a record for any golf tournament in the world. One-day attendance. Incredible. They love Phil Mickelson. He's won the tournament three times. In contention again. Great approach at 18. Led to birdie. Phil is just two off the lead at minus 12. Another Arizona State alum, John Rahm. Like Phil, home game for him. Has the... ASU shirt on and a great tee shot at 16. Made birdie Rahm at 13 under, just one back. Ricky Fowler birdied his last three. This one on 18 gives him the lead at 14 under. It was a tough day for Adam Hadwin, three over 74 today. He's well back at minus four. Nick Taylor almost last right now at even par. Vincent Company in Man City facing Burnley. City's only dropped points in three matches this Premier League season. Danilo gets City on the board, bends that one beautifully into the top corner. 1-0 City. They should have been up 2-0 in the 70th. How does Raheem Sterling miss that open net? That will haunt him for a while. Burnley, though, will equalize in the 82nd. Johan Berg-Goodmanson 
snatching a point for Burnley. It ends in a one-all draw. City's record, 22 wins, a loss, and now three draws as Burnley gets a point. Alexis Sanchez making his debut at Old Trafford. Sanchez and United hosting Huddersfield Town, 50th minute. Juan Mata with the delivery. Romelu Lukaku with the finish. 1-0 Man United. And then Sanchez making his home debut. Makes it a memorable one. Misses from the spot but stays with it. Cashes the rebound. 2-0 the final. United 13 points back of City with 12 games to go. And men's rugby, HSBC 7s from New Zealand. Not a good day for Canada. Took on the U.S. in their opening match. This was good. Nathan Hirayama. From Richmond, highest scoring player in Canadian Sevens history. Only positive on the match for Canada, but they fell 28-14 to the Americans. They met Kenya in their second match. They rallied nicely. Isaac Kay with this try down the sidelines, but they lost 19-14 in that one. Also lost to Samoa. Don't forget, though, Rugby Sevens Vancouver goes March 10th and 11th at BC twice, and that's always a fun try. Thanks very much for that, Barry. Okay, if you're watching for the results of who's going to be the next Liberal leader, uh, let's go to our Keith Baldry, who is where the count is all happening live at the Sheraton Wall Centre right now. Keith? Yes, Anya, we're now getting ready to hear the results of the third count. Mike DeYoung has dropped out, uh, so his second place uh, choices for his supporters will be redistributed to uh, the other camps. And so other uh, camps will grow, other candidates will grow as a result of Dion's uh, about 1,400 points, a little more than 1,400 points will now be, a number of those points will be redistributed to the other candidates. And we've now got Sharon White, president of the BC Liberal Party, up with the third count. Here's the results. I have the results of the third count. The province-wide point totals are as follows. Todd Stone, 1,766. Andrew Wilkinson, 2,201. Michael Lee, 2,264. Diane Watts, 2,469. has achieved a majority of the province-wide count. A fourth count will be conducted and Todd Stone will be excluded from the next count. Thank you. So there you got the results of the third count. Uh, Todd Stone is now going to drop off the next count and his uh, 1,766 uh, points uh, will be refactored, redistributed. I want to bring Mike McDonald in back again for his take on this. So Stone's out. Where does his support go in terms of second uh, choice? Well, first of all, Wilkinson supporters did move or did receive the benefit of DeYoung's uh, second choices. So there was a big move on that ballot, moving Wilkinson closer to Lee and Watts. Now, Stone, uh, he's from Kamloops. He has a lot of support in the southern interior. He also has support on the island. So, you know, I think it probably gives uh, Wilkinson a bit of an edge. Uh, you know, Todd's uh, the, the youngest candidate. There might be an appeal to Michael Lee, too, in terms of a change. Um, and then there's Diane Watts. I don't think this is going to favor Watts as much this time. But uh, it, would seem that the, it would seem that the second choices from the other candidates would more likely go to Wilkinson and Lee rather than, than Ms. Watts, who's a complete outsider. Yeah. 
Well, that's right. It's going to be tougher for Watts, but as we've talked about earlier, if people didn't put their second and third choices down, uh, she may gain by attrition, you know, as the votes will rise on that basis. But right now, if I'm the Wilkinson campaign, I'm feeling pretty excited because he's gaining ground, and if, uh, if the Stone support does give him an edge on this round, I might catapult him into second and be on, ultimately on the final ballot. Okay, well, we're going to have another count, hopefully within 10 minutes or so. Thanks, Mike. We'll have you back as well to take a look at that one. Back to you, Sonia. Thank you. All right, Keith, thank you very much for that. Well, we were promising that hopefully, hopefully we would get a winner uh, of uh, who's going to be the, the next Liberal leader this hour, but it looks like the way it's stretching, it is not going to happen. And uh, in that case, coverage will continue on BC1. But right now, we'll take a short break. Here's a look at your conditions on the mountains. Whistler Blackcomb with nine new centimetres of snow and a base of 305. Grouse with a base of 356, Cypress 386, Sasquatch 324. Revelstoke with 27 new centimetres of snow and a base of 265, Manning Park 180, Powder King 255, Mount Washington 245. Big White with a base of 244, Silver Star 227, Sun Peaks 11 new centimetres of snow and a base of 190, Apex 218. All right, nearly end of the show. For some, groundhogs are the short fireway to predict how long winter will last, but a small town in the U.S. is doing things a little differently. The city in northern Wisconsin decided to use Spike the tortoise to predict the end of winter instead. Unfortunately, Spike spotted his shadow, which means six more weeks. Tortoises can live to be about 120 years old, so the city is hoping this a yearly tradition for many years to come. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like when the animals become meteorologists. I'm all for. Exactly. I mean, Yvonne, you went to, you know, got this degree, and they're making animals predict what's going on. I mean, how does I this make you feel? Outside. I just need to go outside as well and see where the sun, the sun shines. Go very now, slowly. What about you? When maybe koalas would do it. Yeah. You know, yeah, koalas. I, I have one more story. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, those looking to wager on tomorrow's big game, listen up. Uh, Addy the Sea Lion, let's tell you about him. Uh, he's at an Iowa Zoo, has picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Ball by a nose. Sea lions Addy and Zoe raced around the Hub Harbor Seal and Sea Lion Pool, jumped up to two balls with the team's logos. Addy was able to get to the Eagles logo oh, first. Just, just want to tell you in case you're uh, putting on any wages with your friends. All right. How does that the make you point. feel, Barry, now that we've got animals protecting oh, the Super Bowl? Exactly. <laughs> you know that I just uh, read that there have been four $1 million bets uh, across the USA all on the Eagles. So they think it's going to oh. be a close game and that the Eagles can cover. I think this point spread is about four and a half, which means even if the Eagles lose and they're within uh, four points or under, they, that, your bet would win. So. Okay. So they, Was that one of you guys who put in the million? Uh, yeah, um, combined, the combined. two of us yeah. together. But you yeah. cool with your money. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Back pocket change, right? Exactly. Back pocket change. Um, just keep you up to date with what's going on at the Sheraton Wall Centre right now. Uh, they have finished the third round of uh, counts. And so far, it is uh, Todd Stoner is out, Sam Sullivan is out, Mike DeYoung is out, which means three-way race between Diane Watts, uh, Michael Lee and Andrew Wilkinson. Um, uh, Keith Baldry is at the Sheraton Wall Centre uh, taking a look at all of those results. We were hoping to announce uh, a winner uh, and find out who the next BC Liberal leader would 
going to be this hour, but they're obviously, they're just they're taking their time. It's a very tight race. It's a very tight race. It doesn't yeah. look like there's a, uh, it's very, very even. It, right now, yeah. yeah, it's very exciting. It could go any which way. So we'll get full coverage of that. We're going to continue with the coverage and go back to the Sheraton Wall Centre on BC1 as soon as the news hour is finished here on Global BC. So keep watching on BC1 for that. And weather-wise... Yeah, final look at the forecast. So we are tracking some wet weather. This will continue this evening. 10 and up to 15 millimetres. That will be what we'll see for the majority. It will be for the morning hours. And then it should just taper off to a chance of showers if you've got any Super Bowl activities or you're travelling around town. However, we do have some snowfall, and that's really across the central interior and along the mountain passes, a significant amount. So we've got snowfall warnings there, so careful if you're heading out on the roadways. All right. Thanks very much for watching. We'll see you over on BC1 in just a couple of minutes.